0: Welcome to the Japan Business and Real Estate News Podcast. I'm Pretty Donnelly, Sales and Marketing Manager with Nippon Tradings International. Today I will take you on a journey of a first time buyer. We'll go through the thought processes, questions, and challenges right up to the eventual purchase. So let's begin. The idea of purchasing properties outside of your backyard can trigger mixed feelings. The anticipation of a potentially new source of income, the nerves of facing challenges, of learning about and exploring a new property market, and hope for stability in an unpredictable world, and so much more. In this podcast, I'll take you on an anecdotal journey of purchasing a property in the Japanese real estate market from the exploratory phase to purchase and all the steps and questions in between. So let's take some background. In this case, the first time buyers are, we'll call them Rose and Jack a couple with two kids and about seven years of experience with real estate investments in the U.S., somewhat knowledgeable about Japan through personal visits. Their journey to invest into Japan properties began when Jack was given a job transfer to Tokyo. Although they're looking to purchase a residence in Tokyo or Yokohama, they wanted to get their feet wet by dabbling in a smaller investment property first. So while visiting Japan, they discovered that their choice cities included Fukuoka for the new buildings, weather, and lower cost of living compared to Tokyo, and also potential for growth. They were also interested in Osaka, Yokohama, Tokyo, Nagasaki, and Kobe. For the investment property, their budget was $8.7 million Japanese yen, that is approximately 80,000 U.S. dollars, with a yield of a minimum of 6% net pre-tax, or they were interested in generating at least approximately 33,000 Japanese yen, which is about $300 in monthly cash flow. Their primary concern was income stability, therefore they were insistent on having at least one year left on the lease. Their second choice was a vacant unit in a high occupancy area, but only if the seller was willing to discount the purchase price up to the holding cost of six months and the unit must be tenant ready. Additionally, if there were any repairs or upgrades required, then they wanted a further discount equivalent to one year of the holding cost. Now, our professional feedback. The budget and the yield are workable in the locations of choice. However, the term of the lease in Japan as the basis for income stability is irrelevant. First and foremost, tenancy laws are tenant oriented. Even though the standard lease term is two years, automatically renewed upon expiry unless notice is given in advance, the tenant only needs to give a single month's notice to walk away from the lease. The owner, on the other hand, must give the tenant six months notice if the lease will not be renewed. Also, the most the owner can claim as compensation, even in cases when the tenant moves out within the first two year lease term is one to two months rent at most. Following this initial lease period and once the lease has been renewed at least once, the tenant is no longer obliged to pay any compensation as long as they provide the said one month notice. Therefore, instead of focusing on the lease terms for income stability, the focus should be on good yield, in high occupancy areas. With regard to their alternative choice of purchasing vacant units, given the abundance on the market because of COVID-19, immediate income is not necessarily guaranteed. As a result, there is the potential risk of purchasing a vacant unit with immediate building fees expenses rather than immediate income. True, vacant properties are often renovated and clean to get the best bang for the buck, saving the buyer from having to invest in those costs. And yes, there is usually more room to negotiate price. Also, a vacant unit offers the flexibility for creative property use, such as turning a house into a co-living space, for example, for the longer term. So ultimately, whether to purchase a vacant unit or tenanted, would depend on the purpose. If an investor's purpose is stability and immediate income, tenanted properties would be the way to go. If, however, higher potential savings on property price are sought, or there is a longer term income strategy, a vacant property may be the way to go. With this in mind, and this being the first purchase, Rose and Jack decided to focus on tenanted units with good yield. Well done. Now we enter the world of the fast paced market. So now that a direction has been established, it's time to review the listings. With the help of our proxy service, investors do not need to travel to Japan. With photos, features and numbers showing the purchase price purchase costs, monthly costs, net income, and cash flow, an investor can make decisions from the comfort of his or her own home. It's a matter of understanding how to read the deal analyzers. It's not complicated, just something to become familiar with. Unlike the U.S. and other markets around the world, offers are made on Japanese properties almost as soon as they are listed. One of Rose and Jack's main challenges was taking too long to review the deal analyzers and missing out on opportunities. Finally, they took the leap and ventured forward with an offer on a property in Yokosuka for 4.7 million Japanese yen, which is about $42.8 thousand dollars, and that is below the asking price of 5 million Japanese yen or 45.5 US dollars. So what did they make an offer on? The property, centrally located in the heart of Yokosuka, walking distance to a large U.S. Army and Navy base. Only six minutes to the nearest train station. One room plus kitchen on the fifth floor of a seven-story building. The building has a secure keypad entry, which is popular with single females. Additional popular features include a built-in closet and a laundry bay. The property was built in 1989 after changes to the 1981 Building and Standards Act for earthquake resistant construction methods. At a yield of 6.62% net pre-tax, the tenanted unit generates immediate monthly income of 33,579 Japanese yen or $306 per month. And this is exactly within the lines of what they wanted. They waited in anticipation to find out if the buyer accepted their offer. A surge of relief, the offer was accepted and the realtor proceeded to provide the due diligence information. So this would include tenant information, building reserve funds pool status, renovation history, as well as any unique caveats known to the seller and listing realtor, if these exist, which must be disclosed by law. If the building's accumulated funds are depleted with no recent renovations to justify the lack of funds, moving forward with a purchase would be risky. If, however, the accumulated funds are depleted, but there is a record of history of repairs, then the account is justifiable. Unfortunately, foreigners have a reputation for getting cold feet, window shopping, or tire kicking, often leading to a last minute change of heart, which is much frowned upon in Japan. Because of this, it is extremely important to ensure that if an offer is made and the due diligence info received is satisfactory, the buyer would in fact move forward with the purchase, regardless of the fact that offers made at this stage are not legally binding. Failure to do so would burn the buyer, who will no longer be able to conduct business with the realtor involved, and in many cases with other realtors as well, as word spreads. Rose and Jack were relieved to find that the information was favorable. First, the tenant is a single male employed by the Japanese army in residence just over two years. The lease has already been renewed once, The tenant has no late payments or other issues, so a safe and stable tenant profile. Second, the total reserve funds in the building's funds pool are approximately 7 million Japanese yen, which is about $63,000. With payments divided between all unit owners and assuming a similar price, that accounts for just over 3% of the purchase price per unit. All good so far. Third, the two most common large ticket items in the building's renovation history, the exterior of the structure and its roof, have both been included in large renovations performed in the seven years preceding purchase, which means that the slightly depleted reserve funds pool is more than justified. It is being used for proper maintenance and the risk of another sudden large renovation being required in the next five to eight years is quite low, meaning monthly building fees aren't likely to go up sharply to cover such work. One caveat, however, was that COVID may affect the yield. The tenant is paying approximately 50,000 Japanese yen per month, which is about $455 in rent. However, the average rent for comparable units in the same area is currently lower at approximately 40,000 Japanese yen or $364 per month, an effect of the current pandemic situation, which has seen softer prices and rents. However, mixed with other uncertainties, such as when the tenant would move out or when the crisis would end, the couple agreed to take these relatively low risks on board and keep moving forward. After a few days, further due diligence revealed the seller's outstanding mortgage that had to be paid off on settlement. For this reason, the minimum price the seller would agree to was $4.85 million, Japanese yen or $44,100. Given that it was still below the asking price of 5 million Japanese yen or 45,500, Rose and Jack agreed to move forward considering the tenancy lease still had a year left on it and the tenant would most likely renew at his current rate prior to COVID. Just a side note here, Japanese tenants normally prefer to remain in their current residences due to a deep-seated cultural reluctance to change and being extremely averse to what they perceive as conflict, which would mean they are highly unlikely to attempt to negotiate a lower rent. As mentioned earlier, the irrelevance of the term of the lease is a point that can be hard for foreigners to grasp. Even though this tenant has no indication to leave, there is no guarantee involved in tenancy leases, and the tenant can simply pay one or two months of compensation and leave any time. Therefore, a moot point. In reflection, the couple understood this and agreed to proceed. So let's break down the numbers. So the purchase price in US dollars, 46,234 approximately. The purchase costs, worst case, would be about 9,000, 9,200, bringing the total purchase price to 55,481. The costs, monthly costs, breaking it down, insurance, very, very low in Japan. So you're looking at $5.39 per month. Rent management would be $25.43. The body corp, $97. Proxy fees, $28.48, bringing the total cost to $156.30. That would bring the monthly income to $306 approximately per month. Congratulations to Rose and Jack. Invaluable learning on this remote journey of investing in Japanese real estate, from how to go through the information, to make quick decisions, to understanding what income stability means, then being able to assess good management practices by comparing the building's accumulated funds with the history of renovations. And probably the most challenging for them was the mindset of accepting the irrelevance of the term of the lease. Once an offer is accepted, the process takes approximately two months from when the offer is accepted for settlement to occur. So if we break it down, two to three weeks for the due diligence process to be completed, two to three weeks for the contract to be signed, two to three weeks for all legal documents to be prepared by both the buyer and the seller, witnessed, posted and received. After settlement, new title deeds and property registration documents would take another three to four weeks to arrive from the Legal Affairs Bureau, at which point they would be bundled up with the formerly accrued documents such as the purchase contract, property specs report, settlement related funds, receipts and statements, etc. and then couriered to the new owners. It is a pleasure to take you on this journey from developing Japan investment property skills to the first of many investments to come. That's it for this episode, folks. Thanks for listening. We hope that you found this podcast helpful. We are a Japanese proxy helping foreigners access properties in the second largest real estate economy in the world for investment purposes and for personal use. We hope you will visit our updated website with business news and property listings at Nippontradings.com At NTI, this is pretty, keeping you informed of the latest trends, business news, and featured properties in the Japanese real estate market. If you are new to the Japanese property market and have questions, we are always happy to talk shop. Drop us a line at info at